0: coming to learn the day before Yom Kippur. So the is the So when you're sitting and learning Torah, that's the quickest way to achieve tahara. The Tavin Beiraisa. compared to water. call Ma. So, there are psukhim we recite every Tfilag and Kippur in the lead up to Shema Koleinu. Some of them are very, very graphic, and their imagery is very accessible. Uh, the source sheets are outside on the chair um, if you don't have a set of source sheets. Um, some of them are a little bit more cryptic, and their imagery is less. Understandable. So, for example, a pasuk such as "Vezarakti Alechem, Tarim Tari Metarteve Koltem Osechem, Vikashtem Yishamim Kiti Beshenu B'Cholav Avoch, B'Chol Navshcha, Beaviotzim Ral Harkachiv, V'Simachtim Edei Stvilasi, Lo Yarpecha, V'Lo Yazvekas, Chusavo, As Bris Vishonim." Some psukim which many of us are very familiar with, but there are three or four psukim that I wanted to discuss today whose imagery is a little bit more vague and abstract, and try to decode or unpack some of these imageries helping us to read these, hopefully with better understanding and, and better energy. So the first pasuk I chose is the pasuk from Yeshaya. Now it's apparent that there really are two different clauses that invite yeah. our attention in this pasuk. One is the imagery of clouds. Of and onan are clouds. Machisi, have eliminated. Ka'av And the second element, the second aspect is association between Shuvah and Gula. Shuvah Elijah, Kadush Baruch, Hu announces, Ki There are many, just like there are Abra Lashonos Shul Gula. There are Abra Lashonos of Shuvah. So one Lashon is Rafua, one Lashon is Gula, one Lashon is, of course, the opposite of falling. So much of Ched of is falling. Ki Kashalta, Bavunacha, Lev Evan. Um, so, one of the lashonas of Tshuva is Gula. The Gemara in Yoma says, Maybe we'll talk about that a bit later. Now, the clouds are interesting because the grammar is unclear, and I think the grammar is intentionally vague to admit two different meanings. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises that our sins, our Chathayim, will be eliminated like clouds, are the clouds the eliminators? Namely, the clouds are engulfing and encompassing our sins, rendering them less visible, less apparent, so the clouds are the the tools of elimination. Or a Kodesh Baruch who promises us that our sins will evaporate, our sins will will disappear like clouds come and disappear. And of course both readings are legitimate. Mohisi, Kaab The clouds, the agents of the of the of a Baruch being mochik or mocha. Or the clouds, the imagery that Hashem will eliminate our sins in the same way. So, if the clouds are meant to be the tool of elimination, it's a very important inversion because clouds carry two very very dichotomous meanings. On the one hand, the cloud is the image of Hakadosh Baruch presence. They have Alpana So, the fact that there's a cloud involved in our tefillos. Interestingly enough, there's no cloud in Kitiyah with Moshe. Niarvei Kol Tavi Alpanacha Vayikras Hashem Lefanacha the cloud was a station that Moshe was immersed in, leading up to Harsinah. Moshe niskadesh Eish is It's the first Mishnah in Abbas Jav Nassim. Moshe niskadesh Eish Shishayamim. K'de ochel v'shiyah mi gufo. So there's no cloud per se during the Yerid Gimomidos, but certainly the Anan is an imagery of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. But, and this is the great irony, and you can feel the pain of the irony, Chazal certainly saw a cloud as a symbol of a Kedosh Baruch's impenetrability and the inability of our Tvilos to properly ascend to Shemayim. So, for example, based on the Pasuk in Eicha, Yermia laments, Sakosa You've surrounded yourself in a cloud and tefillah can no longer enter. Tefillah can no longer infiltrate. And there's a very, very deep irony because the cloud, which is the image of Hashem's presence, of course, the irony of a cloud representing Hashem's presence is that the only way that Yiddishkeit applies an image to Hashem is the lack of image, the lack of visibility. There's no other image that could possibly be applied to Hashem. The only image in a monotheistic religion that can apply to Hashem is the lack of image, the lack of visibility, the distortion of sight, the distortion of, of optics. But that same cloud, which was so many hundreds of years, thousands of years, was associated with Hashem's presence, this one becomes uh, a shield preventing filos. And based on this, Rava was very careful, interestingly enough, Rava was very careful about the days he scheduled for a Titus. The Gemarion Bracha says, Rava, lo gazar Tannisa, source number B's, biyoma de'iva. If it were cloudy outside, he canceled the Titus. Hashem Shinamar, he felt that the visuals were helpful in stimulating the Titus, And if people felt that it was cloudy, they saw this Pasuk in Eicha. Actualizing, they felt that the tefillahs would be pointless, would be futile. And this serves as an opportunity for Belazar to come in So there are slight differences between a Barzel and an But when Yeshaya promises us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will eliminate our sins by sending a cloud that carries connotations beyond just the logistics of sin elimination. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu personally involving in the act of tshuva or in the response to tshuva which we'll talk about in the next pasach in Yeshaya the second pasik in Ochi and al-chi. the second meaning which of course is a complementary meaning is that the sins will be removed the same way that clouds dissipate same way that clouds evaporate or vanish what's unique about a manner in which a cloud vanishes as opposed to other objects vanishing certainly there's a rapidity it happens unexpectedly there's no way to char it doesn't not something so much of tshuva is um, so much of chuva Happens in an instant. It just needs that one. You want to bring a Gemara. I think a Gemara I apologize. It's a busy morning. Oh, you yeah, Yitzayan. Yeah, I'll get through it in a second. But Truva uh, takes an instant. We have examples of people that perform Truva in a moment, whether it's the executioner of Hananab ben Tragion, Nevuz Radon, ben the Gemara of Yitzayan. The adyel mosot achakilo, Kodesh Baruch awaits even to the last moment. So a cloud disappears very suddenly. But more importantly, when it disappears, there's no imprint. There's no vestige. There's no residue. The cloud completely disappears. You don't know that it existed. And so much of the appeal of Chuba, and Rabbi Lichtenstein spoke about this very poetically, those of you who remember his vayakel pekudei sicha, is that we're asking not just for the healing of insults, and the healing of betrayal. But as we yidav, When human beings are offended, they can forgive and they can pardon, but the scars always last. Thank you. Water under the bridge. Kaddish alone can offer us the restoration of innocence. We want our relationship with him to be kekedim, as it was according to one day in the Medrash. I, I tell the boys, the 18-year-old boys, that I try to prepare for chuvah I say, think of chuvah in the following way. I want to go back and return to my relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu before fill in the blanks. Because there was always a past in which it was more innocent, more pure, more sincere, greater potential, and somehow life's complications and life's convolutions forfeited that, potentially, for, potentially forfeited that future. And tshuva allows us to reset the clock not just to convert past misdeeds into Shkagos into Zechuyos, but actually to rebuild that relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a beautiful HaFetz Commenting on why the name Hashem, the midah of Hashem, appears twice, Hashem so Hashem keor rachum mechanan, the Gemara Rashi the da'af says kan kore mechet kan le'achar mechet. The Chavos Chaim wants to know why is there duplication. In his mind, the deeper message of these of this repetition is the palindrome—the fact that the same midah Sarachaman that exists before the chay, that same word, that same relationship, that same distillation, ani Hashem kore and on the exact same HaKadosh like Baruch Hu, you have the opportunity to rebuild that inti- intimacy, that purity, that relationship after the Chit. So the Chidosh is that the same term, the same terminology is employed to describe a Baal Tshuva. Chidosh HaMeinu Kikedem. Somehow the disappearance of clouds conveys the opportunity for chuva without any imprint, without any stains, as opposed to clothing, which we'll see later, as opposed to ketzamer yehu, cleansing will, we hope that our sins will disappear in the same way that clouds rapidly disappear, and in the same way that they disappear, without leaving any bearing or imprint upon our relationship, and as well as upon our neshama and our identity. No, you had a question, or are you just stretching? No, no. Okay, so that's the first part of this Pasach. The second part is And I think the term gula, has to be interpreted both historically, nationally, cosmologically, according to Rav Kuk, and also personally. Mara says, Gidola tshuva shemekareves This is a very famous machlokus between Belyezer and Nebuchadnezzar as to whether Chuva is a contingency or is a prerequisite for the ultimate kula. Most of you showed in Pasukin it isn't. The Rambam famously poskins that it is. Paragzayin hilches tshuva, very, very, uh, f- very, very frightening Rambam. But the Rambam backs up his position by claiming that the Rambam believes the Pasik and Yitzhav and the Shavtah, the Shem and the Kacha, isn't the mitzvah the way the Rambam interprets it, but is the Haftachah. And so much of our davening, even on Yom Kippur, not to mention Rosh Hashanah, but even on Yom Kippur, which would seem to be very targeted, very laser focused, the absolution of Chayt, purification, your relationship with the Kaddish Baruchu. So much of it is about Am Yisrael, so much of it is Geula, especially the Musaf, where we lament the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, Loishim, we, we run through all that we have lost, and Ashri Rasa, Kolela, Ashri and Shama Kolela, <coughs> so there certainly is a chance to think about how your tshuva can participate in a larger scale, a larger calculus of Am Yisrael's march and historical struggle, especially, unfortunately, the last week we've... We we face that struggle and we face that challenge, sadly, on many fronts in a very very um, in a very cute fashion, in a very very difficult fashion. And of course, those of you who have been exposed to Cook's our of is not just limited to Am and its natural national arc and its historical arc, but the entire universe is in a state of flux, surging towards a, a point of greater unification and redemption and. And almost if tshuva is inevitable, and by participating in shuva you're fusing yourself, you're synchronizing your own experience to a larger cosmological process of change, moral change, kabbalistic change, um, um, political change. But on a personal level, employing the term geula as a reference or as an image for shuva reminds us that essentially, hate is bondage. Hate is addictive. When a person is immersed in the world of Chet, he isn't a free man. He has compromised his liberty. He has compromised his Bechir certainly when it becomes addictive, when a person... Let's think of Pyro. Pyro compromises Bechir to the point that as a punishment, he loses Bechir Very few people reach the stage of pyro. Many people are veering on the pyro scale. There's a Richter scale and there's a pyro scale, where these residual habits become so overwhelming that we ask ourselves how free are we to render choices? And it's not just the decision-making process. But in general, it's why tshuva is compared to a heavy weight. Kemasa kaved, compares it to in Perak Lama Ezra says, I can't even lift my head. I feel so weighted down. It's a beautiful medrash. The medrash says it's like someone that's walking through a river and he's carrying a heavy weight. And his feet get stuck in the mud. And people tell him, drop the weight. You'll have easier passage. The mushal is, of course, the river and the mud is life in general without the burden of chet. It's difficult enough. It's navigation is challenging enough. And when we add the added weight of guilt and frustration and failure and underconfidence and distance from a Kodesh Baruch Hu that added psychological balance, uh, baggage, it renders our passage through that river all the more difficult. So it's not just that we enslave ourselves to the addictive nature and the habitual cycles that seem to be unshatterable, but it's also just the weight of, of chayit, of carrying, of carrying all that underperformance and all that shame which should, which should set in that entails a, a bondage. And not just in Yom Kippur do we seek emancipation and freedom, but also in Rosh Hashanah. One of the lesser known images of a shofar, based on the Pasuk in Parshish Bihar, in which a shofar is a horn of liberty, of emancipation, of liberation. Tavir we're very aware. Source number A. Kalyim Yisrael Oskim B'Malachtam. Over Rosh Hashanah, Notlim Shofaros Vitokin. Very famous question. Why we consume, why we eat a pomegranate on Rosh Hashanah? So, you all know the famous answers. But anyone who lives in Israel knows the reason, because it's the last of the Shivas meet to ripen. It's the last one to ripen, and it marks the end of the harvest cycle. Harvest cycle begins Passover time with the earliest ripening grains, barley and then wheat, and it concludes with the pomegranates. So, Rajadah occurs at the end of the harvest cycle. We're no longer occupied in the work field. We're no longer occupied in the industry. We withdraw into a world of spirituality, withdraw into a world of the contemplation, of interaction with the Kodesh Barak, and we recharge our spirituality for the next year. In those days, they sounded a shofar to call people in from the field. It was literally the way that they ended the the, the work day. They blew the Shofar. Remember the Gemara about Shabbos? They blew Shofar as an Erev Shabbos, a signal of the cessation of work. So the Shofar is literally an emancipator. Of course, for us, it emancipates us from, chin, from sin, from chit. So when Yeshaya employs the term Shuvah elai Kigi al he's trying to capture not just the larger trajectories of Geula that Shuvah is meant to contribute to, but also the personal emancipation. We say it during the Parak of Tehillim Kuf the Hu es Yisrael Hashem v'arbei For twice we employ the concept of pigeon Pidjon is not exactly gula. There are slight differences between pidus kaparos, but it's similar. It's releasing. And in fact, in, in Tanakh, or in the Torah, gula really is much more similar to pidjon because gula occurs in Parshas Bahar where the girl comes and redeems the land from the buyers. So pigeon is redeeming from an imposed bondage, and gula from a contractual bondage. But essentially, gula and pigeon are very similar terms. So there's a freedom we seek in the process of tshuva that gula is meant to capture. So that's the first pasuk and the two aspects of the pasuk are number one, the clowns, and number two, the image of gula associated with tshuva. The next pasuk I chose is a pasuk again from Yeshaya, a little bit earlier. Anochi, Anochi, hu pishoacha, lemaani secha, lowest score. It seems as if the two engaging components of this Pasek are, first of all, the term Anokhi itself, as well as the duplication, Anokhi Anokhi, Hu Moche mani the Vechat secha Lowest Score, and of course, the term lamani. say Lamancha Yim Loh say Ase Lamancha So Anokhi Anokhi stresses the fact the despite all of its ritual, all the alchets and all the korbanos and all the keteres and all, it's really an opportunity to engage with their bondushul. Baruch is the the rabba slichas the baal Baruch when we say the term kail, very interesting why the term kale makes, makes its way into the thirteen midos. Typically, kail is associated with Elohim, which is the midas adin. It's the last phrase you would expect to be incorporated in the thirteen midos and many many before Hashem explain that kael, as opposed to Elokim does not mean Midas Adin it means authority capacity that's why sometimes it's pronounced ale when it refers to authority and capacity in a non-divine context Tzit kascha, Kahara doesn't mean mountains of God it means strong mountains when Levin says Yeshla El Yadila, Laasos Emcha and the end of says but it doesn't mean I have God <coughs> we don't mean who is similar to Hashem amongst the gods there are no Elim means who amongst the titans, who amongst the mighty authoritarian forces is like you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when we mention the word El, or you know, Lashon Chol, Nekar Bala Baisel Elohim, the authorization of Basedin, the word El, in a Chol context, refers to authority, and when it's transposed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it relates to his authority. We're reminding ourselves that we're looking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for a kapar. This is a very beautiful medrash. If you turn to the second page, The Medrash reminds us of this. It's part Dalit of, of this, of section 2. Amalem HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ba'olam hazeh neskaper lohem haideh korbanos. Ilam haba, ani mochel avonoseim shelo bekarban. Shenemar, anokhi anokhi, hu mocheh pishachah lema'ani, vechadoseh hallowezkar. Quotes our Pasach. At least according to this Medrash, Tanchuma, this is a Pasach describing a... More divine pivoted kapara process reserved for Olam Habah, and of course, in as much as Yom Kippur is Me'ain Olam Habah, Yamim Despite all the ritual and all the korbanos, it's about Kiimcha, Imcha In fact, the Bali Musar said that one of the greatest chesed that Baruch ironically offers man is because not just does it relieve chay, but it offers man an opportunity to be close to the chance to. Create that intimacy and that interaction, the chance to stand in front of our Kaddish Baruch Hu and Ochi and it means going back to It's almost a chesed that Hashem provided the capacity for sin. And Ochi and Ochi and This is Rabbi Akiva's great, great statement because Rabbi Akiva was operating in a very tragic period after the Beis Hamikdash was was raised and. Uh, Everything that they had associated with Yom Kippur no longer existed. Could you imagine facing Yom Kippur if you lived during the days of the Beis HaMikdash? No Kohen Gadol, no Sarilah no Korbanos. We already live in such a fallen world that we accept Yom Kippur without ceremony. In those days, it must have been traumatic. It must have been apocalyptic to face Yom Kippur without the Beis HaMikdash. So reminds them in his terminology. Yeshayah says, Anochi In terminology, quotes the Pasuk in Mikve Yisrael Hashem, the literal translation of Mikvah is hope, not Mikvah. If Ya'kiva flexes it to mean ma Mikvah Mita'ra Satameyim Af HaKadosh Baruch Hu It's about Yerbon HaShel Ki'la Hashem Titaru It's being with a Baruch Hu The ceremonies are facilitators. The korbanos are enablers or catalysts. But unfortunately sometimes we become riveted on ceremony and we decided Yerbon HaShelol Lepnei Hashem Titaru Ki'biyom hazeyechap roh lechem Lepnei Hashem You get that sense in Ninveh. It's always interesting to think about whether the tshuva of Ninveh was authentic and should serve as a paradigm, or the tshuva of Ninveh was disingenuous. But one thing's missing from the tshuva of Ninveh, a lot of ceremony, a lot of sackcloth, the animals are wearing sackcloth, royal decrees, it seems very formulaic, very institutionalized. You don't... But is they took it seriously. For sure, or else there wouldn't be a straw. If figure. there wouldn't be Yeret Hashem, they would just skip it. They wouldn't do it. And you get a sense of Yeret Hashem, unless Yeret Hashem. I want to see one crazy guy walking in Tel Aviv and saying, in 10 days, Tel Aviv's gone, <laughs> <laughs> and that the people of Tel Aviv will be. Right, right, right. We're the placard, we're the placard, yeah, right? The end of, end of the days or is there. If they'll be so cynical, Tel Aviv would be gone in five days. <laughs> right. Okay, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't talk about Chas Hashem telling them being gone. Our enemies speak in those terms, we don't. Hmm. Um, but if you read me, I'm just having a little hard time finding in this uh, separate post. If you read their um, their tshuva, it seems a little bit um, as if it's missing Akadosh Barakul. Anyway. Even though it's used in the Mishnah Tanis as a model for for arch. Yeah, because I think uh, they're definitely sincere, and it definitely highlights the staving off uh, of elimination. And anyway, I don't, don't want to get sidetracked on onto t- Ninveh. So I think part of Anochi Anochi is reminding us, as that matter suggests, in Olam Habah, there will be no need for korbanos. Which, by the way, is an important uh, an important for those who feel there won't be korbanos l'asid lava, or At least there won't be karbana's khatas, The like, says there will be a karbantoda. toda. That that reminds us of the famous sheet of um, in addition, the stress of anochi anochi conveys a separate point. We take a look at Rashi. Actually, let's read really the Radak. Source number base part two. HaKefel lachazik, the duplication or the repetition strengthens the presence of Hashem in this Ratzel Omer, what's the purpose? What's the meaning? This is again part two, source base. Anohihu She Salahti Pishaiim hamidbar First page. First side. The Anochihu Hasolech Um Mohel Pishakem Pish Echem the Dar. Somehow, when we think of Chuva, it's comforting to remember the legacy of Chuva, that people before us have sinned, and that Karish Baruch Hu has Forgiven and absolve their sins in the same way that we seek it. In ways that are different from the legacy of Gula. we talk about Akkadush Baruch Hu's Goel Yisrael when we seek our Gula, there's clearly a historical arc we feel we're part of. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intervention is meant to steady that arc when it becomes to go awry, when there are moments in history in which that arc has to be steady. You remember, the difference between our historical view and Western historical view is for us, history is circular. In Western civilization, history is aligned. For us, the terminus is already pre established. In Western civilization, it's open ended, it's evolutionary. So we know there's a terminus, there's an endpoint to which history is launching. and Baruch has to intervene. So there's less difference between Akadush Baruch's Gula its and Mitzrayim and his Gula in 1948, because essentially it's Akadush shaping that arc towards his endpoint. Just different moments that Hashem has to intervene where human beings are incapable of advancing that arc. But somehow we think of Chuba as less historical and more personal, our misdeeds, our misbehavior, our malfunction. And reminding ourselves of the legacy and the tradition that Akarish Barhu forgave our ancestors and that same process and that same generosity is the type of response we solicit. It's also important to shatter this very naive glorification. Sometimes we feel that we're fallen, it's got no and we're so far removed from the great antics and the great achievements of our predecessors. Remember that human beings are flawed, and great people, even the members of the Dora Midbar, about whom is written, Chesed, Niraich, Avaz, K'luch, They failed repeatedly in ways which boggle our imagination. And if we can convince ourselves that Hashem forgave and pardoned their sin, then... Not in any way to diminish the magnitude of our sins, but we remind ourselves. There's a tradition of tshuva, which is why so many of our slichos talk about Ruvain's tshuva and Yehuda's tshuva and Cain's tshuva and Ninveh's tshuva. Mentioned it a few days ago. So for the Radak mentioning anochi anochi, that duplication isn't just meant to convey the intimacy of the tshuva process. Shuvai la but it's also meant to stress the continuity of tshuva, that this is a process that we're not seeking to launch, but we're just seeking to incorporate ourselves within. Anochi, anochi, that repetition conveys continuum process. What about the end of the Pasuk? Anochi, anochi, himocheh peshocha, So first of all, obviously, Limani for many of us, evokes a larger issue far beyond Chuva that the fate of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world is hitched to the presence of Am Yisrael. As Am Yisrael rises, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rises, and his presence evolves. And as Am Yisrael falls, that's a Chil Hashem. If you ask me, so many people here are students of Rav Amital, that to me is one of the main main thesis points of Rav Amital. When I grew up in Brooklyn, I grew up in a very small historical space. And for me, Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem was, I'm going to the baseball game, if I act properly, that's a Kiddush Hashem. <laughs> If I throw beer on the guy next to me, that's a Chilol Hashem. <laughs> which is true to a degree, but obviously it's very quaint and very... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's shrinking, a Baruch into a box of popcorn. <laughs> and we all know that Kiddush Hashem and Chilol Hashem is large narratives of history, which Am Yisrael determines and sometimes is victimized by. And when Yechezkel and Perach as of Amitah reminded us so often, it reminds us that you didn't deserve to be redeemed from its Yisrael. Lo avulu shmo b'koli, ramalu shvach hamasielhem, l'chalas apipohem, va'as l'man shmi l'bilti achel. And they argue, "Yeshua v'secham, Yomru Gurel Hashem." We're redeemed for the sake of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We're aware that our lives dictate. And when it's not Shua Sacha. it's your Yeshua. It's not my Yeshua; it's your Yeshua. But there's a specific, specific association with tshuva. One of David Hamelach's, in fact, probably his greatest as terrorism. Is his willingness to expose his absolutely inexcusable behaviour, embarrassing, mortifying behaviour, for the sake of teaching people the process of Chuva. It's very aware that he's writing a book that will be employed throughout history on behalf of Chuva for people looking for pardon. And he's willing to take one for the team. He's willing to suffer the indignity of exposing his deepest emotional shame. And if you read Lamed Ches and Nirnalev, those are the two prakim in which this shame erupts. Lamed Ches and Nirnalev, you get a sense of how embarrassed of it is to look at the reader, let alone to look at himself in the mirror. But he has an agenda. His agenda is to convince the world that Shuva is viable, that Shuva is realistic we're so far downstream that we take it for granted because we've all been trained. We take it as a given. It's certainly not a given. It flaunts and it defies every single human pattern, time, and... It's in the Torah. It's in the Jungkipers It's a the, that they, it's, the right so yeah. it's built in. Built in, right. But Rabbi Soloveitchik wrote extensively that's why Truba has to be created before humans are created because this world is governed by all these systems of law and time and Tshuva basically flaunts all of those. Go back in time and change your past to commit a crime and not be penalized for it, but punished by it. It's a beautiful medrash where Adam meets Kain. And Adam asks Kain, why are you smiling effectively? I'm paraphrasing. So Kain says, because I performed Shuvah. It's a very, very deceptive chuva. And Adam asks him, what happened after your chuva? And Kain says, I got a barako, commuted half my sentence. And Adam puts his hand in his hand, his head in his hands. Oh, I wish I would have realized the power of tshuva. Adam doesn't believe in tshuva. He doesn't think it's possible. You sin, you bear the consequences. You own up and you bear responsibility and accountability. So it's a process of teaching the world that tshuva is is is, is a sustainable, viable option for baal And David HaMelech is aware of this. If you take a look at the second, at the back of the first page. David Hamelach says, "Kach La Baruchu." Source Gimel, top of the page. La Avad Chatasi, Kishitehei Omer LePoshim. Malamalo Asi Semtshuva. we will tell sinners, when do you perform tshuva?" Intakapleini, if you accept my tshuva, Kach Poshim Ashlimin L'chol. Everyone will perform tshuva. Bihakol. I'll be the paradigm. So, part of our request of a Kodesh Baruchu is, please accept my tshuva so that others will believe that there will be more tshuva in the world, that this will be, and not just in a specific sense of tshuva. A famous Gemara with Reb ben Dordaya, with Zono and Daph Yuzayin that everyone here has heard countless times. So what happens? He turns to the mountains and says, Daven for me. And they say, We're busy davening for ourselves. Then he turns to the Chaman Levan and daven for me. And he turns to the Harim Mugavos. Why is he turning to all these inanimate natural, natural elements? sometimes we feel that we live in a very large world that's predetermined, that's fixed. There are large mountains, large planets, especially in the modern world. The irony is that the bastard child of democracy is that the world feels more predetermined than ever. That's the irony. We thought that we liberated ourselves from tyranny, but we just introduced a greater existential tyranny in the sense that this world is too large for change and there are larger forces that we're just victims of. Yeah, there's another theory that says that the, so- the whole social justice... Uh concept that we have today is because that we, we, we we killed all our, all our demons, so now we're, crea- we're creating our own demons. Possibly. Possibly. So part of Tshuva is not just creating a paradigm of Tshuva, but reminding ourselves that this world is fl- is fluid. This world is, 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 is undetermined. Not, there's no predeterminism. the in So this attempt to convince the world of Tshuva and our our request, our solicitation, I please accept my tuba to create more fluidity in our world, more change, more dynamism. It's an important statement. Those of you who want to read with Huttner, Riff Huttner dealt a lot with freedom and predeterminism in the modern world and how different cultures viewed freedom of choice. And again, going back to Tzillim Slicha, If you grant me my request and you forgive me, Lamantivare, you will be established. You'll be, you'll be seen. You'll be in some ways. I'm um, elevated as a as an address for other people to perform tshuva. So when we ask Hakadosh Baruch Hu, mancha imlo Maneinu, Asele mancha v'ho Anochi anochi, part of it is not just in general. I want to join i and continue to contribute to that national historical arc that represents the Kiddush Hashem for you. But it's also the stakes of my tshuva are more global than my own personal experience and. More global than just my potential, except my so that I can learn more Tara and perform more mitzvahs. There's a sense that you're contributing to a consciousness of humanity and to a certain milieu that the modern world must adopt. So that's pasik number two. Pasik number three in the next eight minutes. My favorite pasik. So there are two elements in this pasik. One is the very, very awkward introduction. Who is talking to whom? Where are they going, and who is litigating? <laughs> so there are two midrashim I want to comment very very briefly upon. One midrash is first Rashi before the midrash. <speaking in Hebrew> Three Aleph. <speaking in Hebrew> Let's litigate. <speaking in Hebrew> who betrayed whom? And what will the outcome of that be? notes in the I'll also grant you Chesed. Well, who is the Kadosh Baruch Hu the Yom Is it the Adai and the Or is it the Baal Chesed and the Bal Arachamim. And the answer is both. That's what makes the Kadosh Baruch presence on these days so complex and so rich. The Ikon BeChesed Kisecha, which is a, which is a playoff of the Pasuk in Tehillim, Tzedek Mishpat Mechon Kisecha chesed so Hashem sits on the throne of justice and honesty and we hope that we can approach Him chesed that our chesed can approach Him and during the Sanatograph, we invert that instead of we ask we take the conclusion of the Pasuk and we shift it back into the first clause of the Pasuk we hope that you're, you will convert today from a melech Yoshe like Yisrael Venisa to our father, to our Malkinu. So this pasuk reminds us that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is litigating us. There are consequences. The Yom Kippur can't just turn into a field trip or a, a, an experience of love and, and intimacy with a Kodesh Baruch Hu. so much is dominated by them, But there are stakes. And there's gravitas to the day. Lechuna v'ni b'chacha accounting. Boch en kleos And that same pasuk, Hashem says, by the way, in Yuchat Echem Gashadim Kastal Abino, Em Yadimu Chatola Ketzem what about Lekuna, David? It is, it is. Right, it's a good question. Since I only have five minutes, I'll beg your indulgence and I'll pass on because we're only in Pesach two and a half. Um, I'm going to skip on Lekuna because we really only have. What's this? ten fifteen, right? Right, uh, eleven fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So. Right, okay. Um, take a few, five extra minutes. Um, you know, it's, it's too beautiful a medrash to uh, skip. Source number dollars, the Gemara shop. is a very provocative Gamaran shop. It's Daresh You should go. Bona, come to me. Why is Hashem saying go out? Bona. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's litigate and I'll offer you chase. <laughs> Yomar Hashem, Hashem will say, Amar Hashem mi Hashem says, Boelai, Amar Hashem. So Rabbah felt that this is a foreshadowing of a blessed level. Yeah. Go to your Avos and Imos, and they'll rebuke you, and they'll also daven for you and help you perform tshuva. And what do we respond to? We'll say back to HaKadosh Baruch. It's El Who do you expect us to turn to? To so Abraham? You told him Yehuda Teda and he didn't utter a peep to on our behalf. So he's going to help us. Should we visit Yitzchak? He gave a bracha to Esav. Should we visit Yaakov? You told him I'm descending with you to Mitzrayim and he didn't ask for mercy on our behalf. Achshav, who do we turn to? Hashem says, you know what? Turn to me you have no hope you have no one to turn to turn to me <laughs> this is a very peculiar gemara this is a gemara that seems to indict the us. they were delivered all these very very ominous prophecies of Jewish future and history that in Daven so they're not helpful for us during that final day of accounting very strange Gemara I think part of it is since this is a Gemara and a conversation that takes place in Ahre Sayamim is Am claiming to HaKadosh Baruch you set in place a certain historical process that you revealed to the Avos but history got out of hand it wasn't as easy and neatly packaged as the Avos assumed Avram assumed Yadol that would happen once not three times Yitzchak assumed that Asav would cooperate with Yaakov and they'd form a partnership. He didn't recognize 1096 and 1492 or 1945 and 1666. And Yaakov thought that he'd descend to Mitzrayim and ascend and usher in the final utopian period of history. So they didn't dive in because they just thought these were short-lived experiences that Am Yisrael could transcend and overcome. But now this is the end of time. We're now 3,000 years downstream of history. In ways that the Avos could never have imagined. Who could have imagined a Holocaust? Who could have imagined the rivers of blood over the last two millennia? Who could have imagined the Surgei Malchus? Of course they didn't doubt because they thought there were self-contained challenges that their descendants would overcome. So I can't turn to them because the historical process has spiraled out of hand, out of control. And now we have certain merits that we want to bank on when we turn to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'll mention them in a moment in Ravamital's famous, one of his three or four famous Nailah conclusions. But it's a very provocative Gemara. Amisal says, who we can we... Maybe it's the opposite, that they knew it, and they accepted that this is part of the first plan. That would make us less, less um, uh, successful. They accepted it, and we struggled. There's a contrast. They're not, they didn't doubt it. We're not expected to believe that this is part... Every time something bad happens, we're told you have to believe this is part of the very large so if we can accept it, so there are I hear, but in my opinion, the Gemara should then end with quoting the fact that the Avos did in daven. Why do we still have rights with HaKadosh Baruch of his intervention? But look, it's a very, very rich Gemara and invites many different readings. The end of the Pasuk, of course, highlights the fact that the color of sin is red. We assume it's because red is typically the color associated with passion and vices of the flesh. There are dye claims because red is a very fast dye. It sinks and stains into the cloth and holds its dye more deeply than other colors, aside from cheles, obviously. It's also a color that can be seen from a distance, and David HaMalik is quite aware of how embarrassed he feels to rear his head in public and pericurnal people are looking at him, and part of the shame that we try to induce is not just internal mortification, but if only people around us knew our failures... How ashamed should we be to rear our heads, to raise our heads, as Ezra mentioned? To articulate the role of Boshes, but just keep in mind the Rambam introduces Busha as the fourth prerequisite for Chuba. It's not just Vidroi Charata and Kabbalah Al Asid, but it's Vidroi Charata. So there's got to be some disquiet in the soul, some frustration, some anger, some shame, some humiliation. But what's the difference between the whitening of snow and the whitening of wool? Because Yeshaya mentions both. It'd be like a red ribbon, I will whiten it like snow. So one of the differences, or multiple differences, but one of the differences is, is that when you cleanse wool, you're actually cleaning it. You're actually removing you're the soil and the stains and the dirt. Snow doesn't actually whiten the ground. It covers the ground. The ground is still dirty or still colored dark or brown or green. There's a strategy to tshuva, and there are multiple strategies to tshuva, there are multiple pathways and modalities, but one of the strategies to tshuva is, of course, the ask HaKadosh Baruch point for point, Then there's this phrase which we mentioned in Hinani Hani Mimas in the introduction to Musaf. That's called snow tshuva. Let's not go point for point and question how I can recover from these failures. Just love me. When you love someone, you're willing to ignore a lot. And your children and your peers and your spouses. that's, That's the beauty of love. Love colors and tints all of our relationships with optimism, with hope, with belief, with commitment. And we're willing to let frustrations, disappointments, and betrayals just slip away without them without them having to be repealed or rectified. And in Yom Kippur, part of our davening has to be Kashele, Yilvino, just dump some snow in it. Mascara, cover it up, cover up. Cover up the pockmarks, cover up the acne, cover up because we love one another. It can't just be litigational. And that's what makes the Pesach such a delicious contrast. Because the introduction to the Pesach sounds litigational. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem. says, by the way, I'll ignore the litigation and we'll just love one another. says, I'll <speaking in Hebrew> just love you freely. I'll just love you freely. And that's one of the differences between Kashela Galbinu and Katsemer Yehu. And Rav Amitav would always give the end so many beautiful Neila, Sichar. I feel like I have to at least remind you of one of them. probably read it in the She'd be crying and bawling during Neila. he quote the Pesach we're about to say in Ashrei: Karav Hashem Lachol, Karav Lachol Asher Yikou V'emes. And for Rav Amital, one, one of his brave statements were that we don't live in a world of MS. It's something which is elusive, something we search for. Who amongst us can lay claim to MS? It's only the person that realizes how false and forged they are that can lay claim to being the most authentic and genuine person, recognizing how hypocritical our world is, how deceitful we are to ourselves, how self delusional. And Hashem only responds to the voice of MS. Who will stand a chance to Davin during the ilah? Now I imagine... At the end of that tzichah and most other places in the world would be, but now it's in the ilan, you've purified yourself and you're close to that Kodesh prayerful and you're no, longer, you're no longer immersed in a world of forgery, so call out as honestly as you can and Hashem will answer. But that wasn't Rav Amital's conclusion. His conclusion was that pasuk you don't stand a chance. He didn't say it in those terms. But there's another pasuk, and I want you to think about that pasuk when you are in. Karav Hashem L'Nishperein Leif Vestaki if you can't be Karav HaShem because you're a Karev MS and no man can assume that, just come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Shivron Leiv. d'akesh Shvaruach. Karev HaShem And he'd start crying and telling us how in the years after the Holocaust every single Jew is by definition in the Shvori And now now in our day, the struggle of Eretz Israel, who here isn't the Shvori Leiv and how hard it's been, how steep a price we're paying. And that's part of the Ava. That's part of the Ava the of Yom Kippurim that has to coexist with the litigational elements. So I think this pasuk is such a microcosm. You can't ignore the gravitas and the justice and the Khunavrivatha and Minnesota tokev, but you can't only get lost. And Chasidos there was a tilt more towards the Omagadl vanara and the Abba that's felt on this day. I'll just conclude just for two minutes, just because you have that pasuk. The second difference between Shelag and Semer is that the cleansing of Tsemer is authored by human beings the descent of snow is authored by HaKadosh Baruch And that leads to the fourth Pasuk. Keep in mind that Pasuk in Parshish Nitzavim is an inversion of a Pasuk in Parsh's Ekeb. Because in Ekeb and What's our mitzvah? You have to clip the foreskin of your heart. You have to listen to Tochacha According to the smach, there's actually a mitzvah to listen to tochacho. Maltemus But at a certain point, we have the right to turn to their rabonichalom and say, you know what, I can't even perform tshuva on my own. I'm asking you to perform tshuva for me. Enter my heart, circumcise my heart. Hashivenu Hashem I'm incapable. I'm even performing tshuva. You take the first step. What does Hashem say? Pasuk in Malachi, Shuvah Yisrael, Shuvah You take the first step and I'll reciprocate. We respond to HaKadosh Baruch, I can't even take the first step. I'm so confused. I'm so inept. I'm so landlocked in my own habits. You break the inertia. You shatter the stasis. Hashem. You take the first step, then Then I'll respond. So when we recite this Pasuk, and Yitzhak, we're basically inviting HaKadosh Baruch into our hearts to perform tshuva for us. All I know is that deep down at the core of my being, I want to perform tshuva. Everything else, I can't. I don't even know how to daven. It's a beautiful rebush. He says, How should you daven the entire year? But it's particularly appropriate for Rav Ravamita would quote this very often as well. He quoted a Rash of Kino, It was a very, very famous 14th century French rishon. And the Rashmi kinon would tell us, tell me them, literally this language I daven like a Tinook. I daven like a baby. Maybe it doesn't know what it's crying for. It doesn't know what it needs. It just has a guttural, primordial sense of need. And it cries out to its parent for that parent not just to serve the need, but to identify the need. So it doesn't even know what we need. As we daven for things we think we need, and we don't even need them. We don't even want them. We don't even realize how deleterious their introduction and their provision will be. So you daven in the ilah like a teen oak. You ask a Baruch Hu, I don't even know what I need. I don't even know how to proceed on this process of tshuva. I can't succeed at umaltem. I want you to be umal. That's part of the snow. Human beings cleanse wall. Human beings can't create snow. when we ask Keshel Agelbino, it's from Shparchu, that he's not just the target of our tshuva, Lichnashem Tetaru. He's not just the endpoint, consequence, Mia Leb After we're successful in tshuva, we have a closer relationship. He's actually our partner in the tshuva process. we invite him to partner with us and to help us in ways that we want, but we don't know how to articulate. So these are four socks, which we recite in the run up to Shema Kolinu. Hopefully now these socks that are very opaque and not as frontal and one dimensional as um, some of the other Sokan hopefully have a little bit deeper meaning. Shabakovaksi Matova also.